Fifteen, a little more percent of our students or community members have mental health issues. That's a lot of people. It's 42,000 students, it's 5,000 staff. Uh, it's a great many people suffering. I was someone that was going through these things like right now and I wasn't like none of those resources they were tweeting out were helping me at all and that I felt like I was slipping through the cracks. According to the Canadian Mental Health Association, in any given year, one in five people in Canada will experience a mental health problem. I'm one of them. My name is Anshul Sharma and this is the first episode of One in Five, a podcast about mental health brought to you by the Fulcrum and CHUO 89.1 FM. The voices you just heard are from University of Ottawa President Jacques Fremont in an interview conducted in September of this year, and a former U of O student and previous opinion editor at the Fulcrum, Hannah Maythought. We'll get more into what she has to say later, but first, a little bit about this podcast. Mental Health Awareness Week was last month, and while it's great to have dedicated days to discuss mental health, that doesn't mean we should stop talking about it just because they're over. This university, like many others, has seen a recent string of student deaths, and while every time another body is found, students receive an email with a list of resources leading up to the president's signature, I've found that a lot of students on campus don't actually know how to seek help when they need it. This is where One in Five comes in. This podcast will explore everything from how post-secondary students experience mental health issues and work toward building up good mental health, to the nuances of different types of mental illness, and the difficulties in accessing care both in and out of university. In this episode, we'll hear directly from Hannah on how she attempted to navigate the mental health care system at the university and in Ottawa. We'll also be joined by Michelle Guilbeault, the university's Associate Vice President of Student Services. We'll share the university's plans to tackle the increasing need for mental health care on campus. My name is Hannah Maytut. Um, I was a second year political science student with a minor in English. Um, I would be in third year right now, but I'm taking the year off to focus on my mental health. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience with mental health at Ottawa when you were a student here? Yeah, for sure. So um, my journey kind of started uh, March 16th um, when my friend called 911 because I was having a depressive episode and I ended up going to psychiatric emergency services at Ottawa General Hospital. And after staying there for about 15 hours, um, the people, the experts that I was speaking to, they uh, drew up an action plan that I actually, I was really confident in. They said that unfortunately through Ottawa General, it would take a really long time for me to get help, but they believed that if we set up things through the university, I would be able to get help at a much faster rate. Uh, that was on a Saturday. So on the following Monday, March 18th, I um, called the university to see if the hospital had forwarded along um, like my information from my stay there. Um, and U Ottawa Health Services told me that unfortunately, uh, they wouldn't be able to help me for four months, like to see a psychiatrist for four months, but that if I registered with a family doctor, it might take a month, uh, to see a psychiatrist. But even then, it was already March, so I would have been home in a month anyway. So I found it kind of pointless. And at that rate, I was already, like, I started feeling really depressed again, and I decided, and suicidal, so I decided to go back to the hospital. But when I did see the emergency room doctor, um, he really made me feel kind of, like, stupid for going there, and he rolled his eyes at me and, like, was really unhelpful. Oh, my God. Um, and so I asked to see, like, another doctor just because I didn't really feel comfortable with him. And when I did eventually see the other doctor, she told me that I was good to go home, 
um, and she gave me a list of walk-in counseling services if I felt like I was in distress. But I felt like I was in distress like at that moment, and it wasn't like they were doing anything about it. Um, so that was really discouraging. Um, so on the 19th, I received a call from Uottawa Health Services, and they asked me about um, seeing like a family doctor and like whether I still wanted to get registered. And I told them that because it would take a month, like I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do that because by then I would probably be home already. And the lady sensed that I was kind of in distress. So she said that they could probably accelerate the process even further for me. Okay. Um, so I decided to go ahead and register with a family doctor and send in all the paperwork. And then um, on March 20th, I saw um, a learning specialist through SAS. Um, and that was like the deadline to drop all my courses. And I was really leaning towards that because I realized that like, even if I saw a family doctor, like I was really like struggling and I needed help. Um, and I didn't think I would be able to fulfill the semester like in the best way possible and like do my best. But Hannah says her learning specialist advised her against dropping her courses. She only let me drop one of my classes. So I did. Um, but then my condition worsened until March 30th. Um, I, I have a really strong feeling that the reason my condition worsened, um, it, it was because like I started getting really paranoid that I was never going to get help. Yeah. Um, because like I had tried so hard to see people and, um, what this led to is like a lot of paranoia, um, kind of a loss of touch with reality. I started questioning everybody around me, even people that were trying to help me, like my boyfriend and my parents. Um, and so I, I really, I didn't feel safe. My learning specialist, unfortunately, was on vacation. So even if I wanted to talk to her about, um, like deferring my exams or anything like that, I couldn't reach her. Hannah eventually went home to see her family doctor who prescribed her antidepressants. She dropped her remaining courses and is now taking a year off from school with plans to resume her studies at an institution closer to home. While she says she couldn't see a counselor at the U of O, She's now regularly seeing a therapist and psychiatrist. Honestly, I had adjusted really well in first year. Um, I was a, a, a straight-A student and everything. It's just that uh, second semester of second year was really when my mental health issues hit and the expectations of like being a good student and having a full-time job and everything just kind of weighed down on me and I think definitely added to um, my mental health problems. And so... Uh, I just want to say like to other students out there that may be struggling, um, that they're not alone and that hopefully they'll be able to get the help that they need. Unfortunately, Hannah's story is far from unique, which is a reality that Michelle Gilbeau is aware of. When you're in crisis, the last thing you need to be doing is looking, where do I go? Looking up information. We want it to be top of mind for students. Training. Um, so not only training uh, our employees and professors, but training our students. Uh, as I said earlier, we're trying to promote a community here, one that supports each other, and we all have a role to play. And, and lastly is uh, strengthening our services. Uh, and there's different ways we can do that. Um, when it comes to mental health, uh, you, you'll never be able to do enough, uh, but we can do better. And that's what we're working on. So my name is Michelle Gilbo. I'm the Associate Vice President Student Life here at the University of Ottawa. And as AVP Student Life, um, Services like counseling and whatnot are services that report up to me. Most of the non-academic services, which play a huge role on the overall student experience uh, here on campus. Wellness is um, 
at, at the core of any academic success and studies show if students are, are, are not, they don't have that, that balance and the wellness is not where it needs to be or struggling with mental health issues and they don't have the supports required, it will inevitably impact their ability to remain here at UOttawa and to successfully graduate. Last year, there was kind of an overhaul of how SAS was offering uh, healthcare for mental um, mental health problems. Um, and the message I was getting from the university was that, uh, you know, you guys are looking at more of a centralized sort of system to support students. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, how that's been working out? First thing I'd say is, uh, yeah, for sure, like, like you indicated, we brought some changes to how we deliver counseling services on campus last September with the rollout of our new step care model. The goal is really, um, it's to ensure that students who really need the one-on-one -on -one intervention are the ones who see our professional counselors, recognizing there's other ways that students can leverage supports and services through some self-guided resources. So the step care model has different components to it. For example, the uh, therapeutic uh, assessment online. So where students can go online and actually access some of the resources there. We also rolled out our um, drop-in. So every student who drops in at um, our counseling center will be seen by a counselor. We call that the single session uh, and there will be an initial assessment done. We've also expanded our hours for the counseling center to evenings and weekends now, which I think uh, is fantastic for students because when it comes to mental health, it's not something that's planned nine to five. And also working with our campus partners, uh, be it um, the new uh, student association, USU, who, as you may know, with um, their increase in the counseling levy, uh, which was matched by the university, we were able to actually hire eight new resources to support mental health on campus, which I think is a great initiative. And we've also introduced the role, uh, the introduction of a case manager this year. And the case manager, the role of case managers to work with our more at risk uh, students and helping them connect and navigate the various systems and services and work with faculties or finance or other services on campus when they're in times of crisis, but also get them connected with some community resources and supports. So that I think has been huge. We've developed a number of partnerships namely with the Canadian Mental Health Association, by which uh, they're on campus two half days a week and have given us access to their system navigator, which basically helps expedite, expedite, I should say, access to external resources and services for our students on campus. So those are just a few examples of some of the stuff that we've done. Uh, I talked about training. We've trained over 200 mentors last year, recognizing the, peer -to the importance of the peer-to-peer. Often the mentors will be the first to come in contact with students who may need uh, some supports around mental health and wellness, uh, as well as with our coaches for our student athletes, uh, a number of professors. Um, so the more feet on the ground, uh, more feet on the ground tells it, right? It's more feet on the ground to support members of our community. I feel like a lot of students have told me that wait times are one of the biggest things that affect yeah. their decision of whether or not to seek help. I, I think where the wait times are very long is when it comes to uh, psychologists, yeah. psychiatric supports, mm. uh, and there's a challenge there in terms of available resources in the community. So, but we are working with other um, community partners, as I mentioned, Canadian Mental Health, but also the Royal uh, Health public health of the city of Ottawa and, and other community resources to facilitate access to those services for our students. 
So we're hopeful that by developing memorandums of understanding with them, that we'll be able to expedite access to the services for you Ottawa students. I've noticed a lot more this year that yeah. mental health has been something that's coming up regularly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you guys had Wellness Week, but like you mentioned, International um, Mental Health Day, you guys took advantage of that to discuss um, ways students can seek help. And, and I've noticed that this is something that's being talked about and it's not just something that's you know, a discussion once in a while. <laughs> no, so that's really great, sure. I think. Well, we just held our first U Ottawa uh, hosted and planned and delivered Pride Week. Yeah. You know, so inclusivity, diversity, super important. These are all elements of the wellness of a campus and its students. So, you know, we've done a lot. Um, have we done enough? Probably not. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Is there more work to be done? Yeah, and we're on it. And we want input and feedback of students. So when I was asked to take on the portfolio back in January, 2018, one of the first things I did was focus group with students to find out like, what are your thoughts? What's missing? What do you need? And loud and clear was we need to, the conversation can't be just one day a year during uh, Bell Let's Talk. It's gotta be 365 days a year. We have to normalize it and destigmatize, which I think one of our key priorities. That wraps up our episode today. A special thank you goes out to the contributors from C2O and The Fulcrum who brought you this podcast. I'd like to thank Matt Gurdjick, Condide Uyans, Moira Wilson, Sasha Laney, Alex Harris, and John DiCarlo. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media at underscore one in five on Twitter and Instagram and one in five podcast on Facebook. On the next episode of one in five to mark the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women, we'll hear from local women's rights activists like Julie Lalonde. Alonde will touch on the links between violence against women and mental health issues, how people who experience this type of violence can access care, and common misconceptions when it comes to violence against women and who is behind it. I don't think we've done enough to really understand that perpetrators can be people who look like you and I. They are our friends. They are dads. They are people with good jobs. I, I think we still have a lot of cliche understandings of what a perpetrator is. And I don't think Weinstein helps because, frankly, he looks gross. <laughs> And I don't think we can underestimate how much of an impact that's had where people, for example, when Nazif was outed as someone who at minimum is a bad date, people had a really hard time because they're like, he's a good looking young man. You know, if you out, if the people you're outing are the Harvey Weinstein, Louis C.K., like men who are not read as attractive, men who are not read as like a women's flock to you, then I think it, it subtly implies that that's what a monster looks like.